So we're going to go ahead and continue with our message, our series called Bridges this morning. We've been, uh, this is the third week of the series, and uh, this morning we're going to talk about something that um, is, is very important to really getting us to where God wants us to be, and it's going to seem, I think, at least as I was even putting this together uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, somewhat elementary, and I don't mean it to be elementary, but I do think it's important and it's foundational, and I think sometimes it's something that we have missed, okay? And it's, I found it in my life. I found it in other people's lives. I found it in people that maybe just found out who Jesus was and who God is and just accepted him. And I've seen it in people that, that maybe grew up in church or people that have been saved for a long time. It seems like it happens a lot to a lot of different people. And the bridge that we're going to cross this morning is the trusting God's love bridge. The Trusting God's Love Bridge. Now, as we've been talking about, as we've been looking at it in this series, a bridge is constructed to overcome an obstacle in your path from where you are, uh, from where you are to your destination. I believe that, that these bridges that we've talked about over the last couple weeks, whether it be the Pure Heart Bridge uh, or this bridge, uh, these are bridges that God is going to put in our path that we can cross to get us to where God wants us to be. And so if we don't cross these bridges, we kind of get stuck. If we aren't willing to go across them to what God has for us, we can miss on what God really wants to do in us and through us. And so the series has really been about that. So we're going to jump right into our text for this morning. Our text is found in Ephesians 3, 18, and we're going to read that as soon as I pray. Father, we love you and we thank you. And God, I just pray that you would help me today to communicate what you have placed in my heart for these individuals on this day. God, we love you so much. And God, we definitely understand that um, I understand that I need you and I need your help to communicate these things. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So Ephesians 3.18, and this is what it says. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. Now, as I kind of begun, we kind of looked at this and started talking about this. This would seem to be something that would be somewhat easy to get. Something to be easy to understand. Now, maybe you're like me. Um, I grew up in the church. I uh, was, was very young when I went to church. And so I remember as a kid going to Sunday school and going to children's church. And I remember something being pounded into me as a child. And maybe you heard this too. That God loves you. Jesus loves you. Uh, Jesus loves the little children. All those songs and all those things. And so you would think, and I'll just speak for me. You would think in my life, I would be able to understand and grasp the love of God sometimes better than I I do. And here's the thing. This morning what we're talking about is not necessarily us going, yes, God loves me. I think that we typically get that. But to really allow that understanding to affect the way we live, how we respond to situations, how we respond to people. Because what I see sometimes in my own life is I have this understanding. Yes, God loves me, but I don't always really understand what that really means on a day-to-day basis in my life. It's hard for me to understand. And what I've found is I've talked to many people, older Christians, younger Christians, older people, younger people, youth, all these people. We seem to have a hang-up with understanding and really accepting God's love. Okay? And things will happen. And so what's interesting is what I want to talk about is something that I never thought, honestly, that I would look at or discuss as a pastor because... 
you know, even though I dealt with this in my own life, I thought it was just me. But I found it's a lot of individuals, and it's quite simply this. Why is this bridge so hard to cross? Again, we're, we're Christ followers. We're Christians. We, we understand Jesus loves me. God loves me. We, we, we're pounded this. We, we talk about this. We, we see scripture after scripture after scripture that talks about God is love. When God describes himself, he talks about these things. But for some reason, us as people, we have a very hard time crossing this bridge. And here's the thing I think. Because we see in scripture, Paul writes that the most important thing is love. We see that God is love. And the problem is, is I think for some of us, we have such a hard time crossing this bridge that we can't cross any others because we can't get through this one first. It's like this is one of the first ones that we have to get across and stay across to really understand what God is doing in us and through us. And so we're going to, this morning first, start, about, start talking about why is this bridge so hard to cross? And number one, the first thing, we assume that all love is the same. We assume that all love is the same. We have this mindset that God loves the way my father earthly father loved me, or God loves the way my spouse loves, or God loves the way this, or God loves with it. Here, let me help you with something, okay? No one loves like God, okay? Nobody constantly loves like God, okay? Not only is he love, but he is a perfect expression of love. And typically what we end up doing is we start to think people or situations or, you know, th- th- that God loves that way and he doesn't. He loves in a great, much more larger, much more pure way. And so I went to this uh, 1 Corinthians 13 because this is a simple, easy way to explain this. And we all know this scripture. We've heard it before, but this is what it says. Now we have to stop here. And we've done this before, but just, again, to humor me, okay? Remember, God is love, okay? They are one and the same. God is not just loving, which he obviously is. God doesn't just do loving things, which obviously he does, but he literally is the embodiment of love. He is love, okay? So we're going to read this, but we're going to look at it, and we're going to understand that this is who God is, okay? This is how God loves you, okay? So it says this, love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Now, I want you to stop and I want you to think, and I'm not trying to do this to be, to, to be mean, but I want you to think about how you love and tell me, how well do you measure up to that? Okay? Now, now this may sound even meaner, okay? So let's, let's be kind to each other here, okay? I don't want there to be problems when you guys get home. But I want you to think about your spouse or your mom or your dad or somebody that you have in your life. How well do they love you like that? And just remember, they, they're, they're thinking the same thing, okay? okay? Sometimes what we end up doing is we put unrealistic expectations on people. And when they don't measure up, 
We're hurt, we're disappointed, we're disillusioned. And what's worse is we think that that's how God loves us. This is how God loves you. This is how God is and how God loves you. In these words, let's look at 1 John 4. In 1 John 4, 4, 9 through 10, it says this. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Now, this is important. Check out verse number 10. This is real love. Now, let's stop there for a second because here's the problem that we seem to have. And this is kind of what I'm trying to talk about here. We have lots of counterfeit love in our lives. We have people that are trying to love us the best they can, the best that they are able to as God helps them, okay? But if we're looking at real love, if we're looking at love that we should look at as a model, this is what it is, okay? Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Listen, people... People try to love the best they can. Listen, this is not about, let's talk how bad your spouse is or how bad your mom or dad is because they don't love you perfectly. God is still working in them. God is still changing them. God is still restoring them, okay? What we can't do is look at that as a model and go, that's how God must love me. You see, because the world has a warped perception of love. The world says this, if you love me, I'll love you. The world says, if you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. And unfortunately, we take that into our relationship with God. And that's not how God loves you. I mean, let's just be honest, okay? How many times have you sat there and you thought, God will love me more if I just do this? If I just... Hey, I, we got this fast going on. If I'll fast for 21 days, then God will love me more or God will do what I want him to do. We warp it. We don't understand it. And because of that, it becomes problematic. Number two, why is this bridge so hard to cross? Sometimes God's paths for us are hard to walk. Sometimes God's paths for us are hard to walk. Listen, it's just simple. We all feel God's love when everything's going great. We all feel God's love when we're on that path and everything's just falling into place and everything's great and everything's wonderful. Oh, God, you love me. Oh, God, you care about me. Oh, this is great. But what happens when the road gets hard? What happens when things get difficult? What happens? You know what most people do? You know what most believers do? They have this attitude and they may not vocalize it, but they live this way where they kind of have this attitude that basically says this, God, how dare you? How dare you make my life hard? How dare you have things not go the way I think that they should? How dare you do this or how dare you do that? And we have this opinion and this thought that obviously we have a misunderstanding of the love love of the Father because of that. Listen, I've told parents this for years. For years as I've dealt with teenagers and I've dealt with parents and I've dealt with these things and I've said this for years. It's this, there is more love in a no than there is in a yes. There is more love in a no than there is sometimes in a yes. 
Because you know what? It's easy to say yes. Look, you, I mean, if you had kids, you know, you get that little boy or that little girl and they look up at you and, and you know, it's like, they're, they're, they're like, it's so frustrating. It's like God has hardwired them to basically know how to look at you to get, you know, a million dollars if you had it. You know, it's like they, they kind of figure that out and they kind of get it. Oh, you know, and they'll walk up and go, Mommy. I love you, you know, and kind of work that out. And you know what? I found this to be true. It's harder sometimes to say no, but a lot of times there's a lot of love in that no. And sometimes God will say no. God will sometimes say sometimes the road is going to get hard. It's going to get difficult, but I'm there and I love you and I'm going to walk with you through it. Look at John 16. In John 16, it says this. Jesus is speaking here. I have told you all of this. So that you may have peace uh, in me here on earth. You will have many trials and sorrows. Okay, everybody stop. I'm looking down, you know, whatever. Look up here in the screen with me. Okay. And I want you to look at the middle of verse number 33. Here on earth. Okay, let's stop. Look around. Yes, we are here. Good, moving on. You will have. Okay. There's no... There's no clause in there that says if you just do all this stuff right or if you're perfect or if you have red hair or whatever, that this won't happen. This is if you're on earth, you will have this. And not only does Jesus say, this is interesting here. Jesus doesn't say, hey, you're going to have a bad day. Hey, you might not, you may not get on the team. Hey, you may not get the, the promotion. Hey, he literally says trials and sorrows. Trials and sorrows. Our lives are going to be full of these things at times. They're going to be there. He says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. We cannot allow the paths that we walk that are sometimes difficult, that are sometimes hard to get us to not understand or have a hard time crossing this bridge of trusting God's love. Number three, this is important. It's so great it's hard to fully grasp. It's so great. It's hard to fully grasp. Listen, now, I don't know if you've ever been here. I know I have. Have you ever tried to express to somebody how much God loves them? You ever done that? You ever had a moment where you're like trying to express like how big and how great and how awesome God's love is to somebody? I have done that many, many times, and every single time I felt totally inadequate. I felt like I have not been able to use the words to really produce an understanding. Why? Because it's so big, and it's so huge, and it's so beyond our understanding. Because love is such a massive part of all of this. And I've known people and I've seen people that because they can't fully grasp it, they come what reject it. It's like, it's like if I don't completely get it all, then I'm not willing to walk in it. And I've seen that in people's lives. It's like I want to be able to understand the depth and how big and how great. And, and the thing is, that's not very easy to do. Look at Ephesians 3.19. In Ephesians 3.19, it says this, May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to, full, to understand it fully. That you may experience, listen, listen, because I think what Paul is writing here to the church in Ephesus is this understanding. Look, you're not going to be able to get it completely. 
But that's not a reason not to experience it. Okay? Listen, don't get hung up on trying to get it all figured out before you're willing to walk across that bridge. Because God's ways are higher than our ways. God is bigger than us. God knows our tomorrows. And we don't even know what we're having for lunch today. Okay? It's great. It's big. It's huge. It's something that's not easy to grasp. And because of that, we have a hard time. And the last one is simply one word. And I think it's probably one of the biggest that we deal with. And it's just simply fear. We're afraid. We're afraid. What if, what if God doesn't love me? What if, what if God doesn't accept me? What if he rejects me? What, what if he knows what I did. Look, fear is crippling, folks. Okay? You ever... Now, I don't like these, okay? I, 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 don't, I don't like scary movies. I don't like scary things. I have never been able to understand. Now, if you're this way, that's great. You're fine, whatever. But for me, I have never understood this concept. Let me pull out my wallet. Let me give you my card or, or my cash or whatever. Let me pay you something to scare me to death. Whether it's a movie or one of these haunted houses, I have never understood that. And, and what's funny is now, I don't know if you've seen these things, you can go on like YouTube or, or different things, and they'll have these haunted houses, and they take pictures of people as they're being scared out of their mind, okay? You've seen this? Or, or, or I've seen the commercials for, for scary movies, and, and they'll have pictures you know, of, the, of the audience, and when something scary happens, they jump and they go crazy and they throw popcorn and spill drinks all over themselves, and, and I'm glad I'm not there with them. Okay? But one thing I've noticed about those people in all of those situations, they are paralyzed. They literally, it's like they just freeze. Fear does that to us, spiritually, a lot of times is we get afraid and we stop moving forward. We stop crossing these bridges because we're afraid. What if, what if, what if, what if? The Bible doesn't express this as Jesus told the story of the prodigal son, but I'm curious how long he sat there afraid to go home. How long he sat there mulling over. He's a, he was a, you know, think of a human. Think of how humans work. We sit there, oh, but will, will this happen? Or will my dad accept me? Or, 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 or will people laugh at me? Or, or will this, this, or that? And it's fear just paralyzes us. It's one of those things that as it hits, it's almost like we don't even know what's happened. We're fearful of, of all these things. We're fearful of our past and, and, and what people have hurt us. And, and, and well, but, but God will do this or God. Do, listen, we cannot allow fear to control us and keep us from going over this bridge that God has given us. And this is an important verse. Look at 1 John 4. In 1 John 4 17, this is what it says So we will not be afraid of the day of judgment. Okay, now, now let's stop there for a second. If there's something to be somewhat concerned about, okay, it's this. Okay, we're all going to stand before God one day. Okay, we're going to give an account for our lives. Okay, and so we see this. So, so, so this is what John says. So, so we don't have to be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. So love has no fear. Okay. Love has no fear because perfect love 
expels all fear. Okay? Look at that word. I love that word, expels. It, 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 as, as, listen, when, when love comes in, fear goes. Okay? It's, it's not something that can live in harmony or in proximity with each other. It's like light and dark. When light comes, dark goes. When love comes, fear goes. Now, you have to remember something here, and we have to look at here. It says perfect love. If you don't look at God and you're not looking at God's perfect love, there's going to be a little bit of fear there probably. But what we're talking about here is perfect love. The love of our Father towards us. Okay? The love of our Father. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Now, I want you to stop here. Now, I want you to think about what John has just said. Okay? Well, let's meditate on this for a second. Okay? We're seeing a little cause and effect here. Okay? Listen, hear me here. This is not trying to throw a rock at you. It's not trying to make you feel bad. It's trying to help you understand and help us to cross this bridge. If you have fear of your father, your heavenly father, if you are allowing that to happen, what John here is saying is you have not fully experienced his perfect love. Now, we have to catch this for a second. It doesn't say you haven't experienced it, but it says there's more for you. There's more for you. And that's an exciting thing. Okay? That's an exciting thing. And here's the thing. Even if you feel like, hey, I don't have that fear. I don't have that fear. I don't have that fear. God's love is so great and large and deep and wide and all those things that there's still more you can experience. Okay? But you don't need to have fear because love, perfect love, expels fear. Okay? So here's what this means on a personal day-to-day, every day of your life situation. When you are going through life and fear begins to come in. Because fear will come in and it will begin to creep in and it will come to happen. What do we do? We go back to the love of our Father, that perfect love, and we expel the fear. We say, no, no, no. No, no, no. I don't have to be afraid because my Father loves me in his perfect love and I don't have to be afraid. Expel it. Expel it. So these are some reasons, and there's more, but these are some reasons why this bridge is so hard to cross. This morning what I want to do, looking at Ephesians 3, is really look at why crossing this bridge is so important. Why does this matter so much? And so we're going to be in Ephesians 3. Now in Ephesians 3, at the end of Ephesians 3, Paul is writing here to the church in Ephesus. And he's writing, and as you get into this little section that we're going to be focused in on, this is, this is basically a prayer that, John, or excuse me, that Paul is writing down for this church. He is kind of the founding pastor of this. He's caring for them. He's caring for his flock. And he's basically giving them a blessing and a prayer that he has for them. And as a pastor myself, I understand this completely. And so in some ways, this is a prayer that I have for us as well. Okay? I'm I'm giving Paul the credit, but uh, this is a great prayer. This is something that I think is important that we look at is why crossing this bridge is so important. So let's look at this one. Number one, it empowers us. It empowers us. Look at Ephesians 3.16. It says this. I pray from his glorious, 
unlimited resources. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. You ever, you ever experienced that where you just get that love? You know, it's like you get that moment and it's just like you're hit with that thing. And it's like, man, you're ready. Man, it's like you're just ready to go. I remember when my wife was going to run her first half marathon. I, was, I, I think it was her first or second. I don't remember. I was kind of funny and weird at the time. kind of still am. And, and I, she was going to run her first marathon. And it was at Thanksgiving. And I was like, well, I'm going to really, I want to encourage her. I want to help her. I want to do what I can because I can't go there with her. And so I grabbed my iPad and I downloaded the song, Eye of the Tiger. Okay? Embarrassed the snot out of her, okay? But I was, I, my heart was pure, okay? We talked about that last week. My heart was pure. And so she's walking to the race. And I have the iPad and I kind of like hiding it, trying to. She knew how to have it. She, and so I'm getting it ready and I hit play and we're walking down towards the starting line. And she's like, and she turns around and just rolls her eyes and just like, why, why God, why? And I'm, and I'm like, yeah, you can do it. I'm like, this is, you know, people are looking at me funny. It's like theme music, you know. Pump me up music, get ready music, you know. So I'm walking down there holding that up for her. You know, why? Why? I love her. I want to empower her to do the best she can. When you experience the love of God and the perfect love of God, it empowers us to do great things for God. Okay? Because we know he's with us. We know he's for us. We know he's walking with us and guiding us. It empowers us. Next, number two, it brings us it brings God close. It brings God close. Look at Ephesians 3.17. In Ephesians 3.17a, it says this, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. As you trust in him. Okay? He, when he does this, Jesus comes close. Okay? Listen here. Because our Sunday school teachers and children's church pastors and all that stuff, you know, they're smart people, okay? And when we're little kids, and even as adults, what do we do? We ask Jesus into our heart. We invite him in. Why? Why is that important? It's a closeness thing. God wants to be close to you and me. God wants to come in and be intimate with you and be close to you and be in your heart. And when we accept that love and we allow that love to come in and change us, it's like Jesus just comes closer and closer and closer and closer. Number three, it gives us strong roots. It gives us strong roots. Again, look at Ephesians 3, 17. This time we're going to look at the second part of that scripture. And it says this, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Keep you strong. When I was a kid, we lived in a house pretty much the majority of my childhood, from about third grade until I was out of, uh, in, into college. And, and mom and dad planted a, a, a Bradford pear tree in the front yard. Okay? I was very disappointed when I found out that that was not going to actually produce pears. I don't know why. Still a little bitter about that, okay? But I do remember that thing growing. And it had a kind of, I'm assuming maybe because it had kind of a pear shape um, as it got bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, but I, I don't know. That's what it was called. Anyway, so, so I remember I was, I was at college. 
And, and I was sitting there, and, and so mom and dad had been in the house for, for 10, 15 years. I don't remember exactly how long. And so that was getting to be a fairly large tree. And I got a phone call, and mom says, hey, I said, hey, what's going on? She says, oh, not much. We had a windstorm last night. Okay, now I'm from Missouri, so, so a windstorm is, is not that big of a deal, okay? We get concerned, you know, people that live in this area. If it's a funnel is forming, now we become concerned. A windstorm is just a little bit more of an inconvenience, even though it can be pretty strong. And so she said, oh, it's a windstorm. So I kind of was like, oh, whatever, no big deal. Well, I didn't think much about it. Well, I went home a couple weeks later from school, and I drive up, and guess what's troped over in the front yard? The pear tree. I'm going, Mom and Dad, what, what happened? Oh, you remember that windstorm a couple weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it pushed that tree over. I said, why? I, you know, it's a bigger tree. And my dad made this comment. He said, Aaron, pear, uh, Bradford pears don't have very deep roots. And it blew over. You ever, you ever watch one of those hurricanes in, in the Carolinas or in Florida or in Texas, and, and they got those, those palm trees? And, I mean, they're just getting, I mean, you know, winds 150 miles an hour or whatever it is, crazy, and they're just wobble, 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 wobble. And they, you know, some do, but, but most don't fall down. You know why? Because palm trees have deep roots. Listen, you want to be strong? You want to weather the storms of life that we talked about that are coming? you got to have deep roots. And more importantly than that, you got to have deep roots in the love of God. If you can have deep roots in God's love, then everything changes. Everything is dealt in a different way because you understand that your Father loves you. His plans for you are good, even though sometimes there are storms and the winds blow and things happen. Next, we can personally... Excuse me, next one. It helps us deal with all the roads we face. All the roads. Ephesians 3.18. Ephesians 3.18. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is in every situation, in every circumstance. All roads we can know and we can understand that God loves us in all things. Next, we can personally experience his love. And this is important. Then we can share it. When we personally experience this love, this amazing, perfect love, then we can share it. Listen, you want to love your husband or you want to love your wife or you want to love your kids as best as you can, then you've got to get rooted in the love of God. You can't give what you don't have. And if you want to love better, then you get involved in that, knowing it and experiencing it. Look at Ephesians 3.19a. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. It's the experience that is so important. And this song that I remember when I was a little kid, 1 John 4, 7 and 8. And this is what it says. Dear friends... Let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God, and check this out, and knows God. Okay? But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. If you want to love the way God wants you to love, if you want to love, listen, listen. what, what we talk about our church, we talk about Christendom as, as a whole and, and churches as a whole, 
one of the ways that people are going to know that we're Christ followers is the love we share with one another. Why don't more people in this world know about who the church really is? Why? Because we have failed to truly love one another. Why have we truly failed to love one another? Because we are not rooted in God's love enough. Okay? These are dominoes, folks, that we need to understand. Okay? And we've got to understand that. If we know God, we'll love more like him. Finally, the last one. It helps us mature. It helps us mature. Look at Ephesians 3, 19b. It says this. Then you will be made complete. That word complete is the word or another word for mature. You will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Then you will It matures us. It changes us. It grows us up into that fullness of life. But listen to me. Hear me as the worship team comes back up. If you don't cross this bridge, all the rest of this will fall down. Okay? Do you get what I'm saying? It's interesting that we finish up, and we have one more scripture, but we kind of finish up with this concept in verse 19 of then you will. Then you will. Okay? What's wonderful about that is we see you will. Okay? We have that promise of you will. These things will happen. They will happen. But, but first, there's, got, there's a then there first. We've got to cross this bridge and trust fully in the love of God. And some reason, sometimes that's not easy to do. Maybe it's our past, maybe it's our our earthly father, maybe it's just a a thousand little things that just come and, and it makes it so hard for us to get across this bridge. But listen to me, it's so important that we do. It's not just important for us, but it's important for those that we come in contact with to really allow this to come and take fullness in our lives and change us. We're going to look and we're going to finish with Romans 8. And this is a very popular portion of scripture, but I just, as I was putting this together, I almost sent it to Linda with, before I, I, I put this scripture in the very last. And this is what it says. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Now listen to me, hear me here. I know that, that a lot of us, you've heard this before. And unfortunately, sometimes we can allow things we've heard kind of before to kind of lose some of its meaning. So this morning as we look at the scripture, I want us to really stop and I want us to meditate. What I mean by meditate is just really think really deeply about what Paul is trying to get us to understand today as we talk about this love and trusting it. He says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. And Paul answers his own question, no. Despite all these things, overwhelmingly overwhelmingly victory is ours 
through Christ who loved us. Let's go on. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's close our eyes and let's talk. You know what, folks? I think for some of us, we need to be reminded again about how much Christ loves us, how much God loves us. We need to be reminded again. We need to have that, that, that birth in our hearts again. Even if we sang it when we were four years old and now we're in our 80s or in our 90s or in our 50s or in our, whatever age we are, we need to trust it again. We need to walk it again. We need to take it and not just go, yes, 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 Jesus loves me. Yes, 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 God loves me. But to allow that truth to penetrate our hearts so that we live differently. You can have the knowledge, but with knowledge alone, it's not enough if we don't apply the knowledge. Then it becomes wisdom. Okay? God loves you. And just like I said, as I'm having a hard time even expressing how big and how great and all that means, He loves you so much. And that's great to understand. That's great to regurgitate through song or word. But you know what? We also need to do it through deed and how we live our lives. Because there are great things across this bridge. There are great things on the other side. There are people that need to experience God's love, not Aaron's love, not your love, because as much as we want to love correctly, we don't. But the love of the Father that we have experienced in ourselves so that we can help them understand it and see it for them. We got to get across this bridge. And look, you may say, well, Aaron, but you don't know what's happened to me. You don't know, you don't know, you don't know, you don't. Listen, you're right, I probably don't. But perfect love drives out all fear. And there's nothing that can separate you from his love. He will love you. He will always love you. And it's time to take that simple truth, folks, and let it literally change everything all over again. So this morning, we're going to pray. And then John and the worship team are going to come and lead us in a closing chorus. But listen, I mean this. I know maybe you walked in and you went, God's love. Well, yeah, I know God loves me. I, I Listen, do not miss. Do not miss the wide depth, long and tall, all that, that God's love is. You'll never fully understand it. But you know what? We can can understand it a little bit more today and let that change us from the inside out. So Father, we come to you right now.
And Father, right now, we need your help to trust your love. Your love is faithful. It is good. It is true. But sometimes, Father, whether it be circumstances or the past or experiences or whatever it might be, we have a hard time truly walking this bridge. We're afraid or we don't know or, or, or we, we've messed up or all this stuff kind of hits us. The enemy comes and basically starts whispering in our ear and we just kind of freeze. But God, to show the world the love you have for them, that perfect love, we've got to experience it for ourselves and we've got to walk across this bridge. And so, Father, even though it's hard for us at times, Jesus, will you take us by the hand and walk us across this bridge? Not so that we can just say, yes, God loves me. Not so we can just be able to regurgitate a song or a phrase, or a, but that we would truly understand it to the point that it changes everything. We go through a great time. Awesome. It's because of the love of God. We go through a hard time. It's okay. I'll make it through because of the love of God. No matter what we face, that love can change everything. If we'll grasp it, if we'll hold it, if we'll believe in it, if we'll trust it. So help us to do that. You're so good and we love you.